Ready? Absolutely. Here we go. You're listening to Learning Transforms from the Faculty of Education at the University of Victoria. I'm Ted Rekin. And I'm Courtney Baldwin. And we're coming to you from the unceded territories of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples and the Wasanas peoples. Welcome to the show. So, Ted, what is the podcast about today? Today's podcast is a conversation with Chuinis Ogilvie, who is working in the Faculty of Education to lead us through this whole process of what is coming to be known as Indigenous Resurgence. The concept of decolonization and indigenizing institutions in Canada is one that I hold dear to my heart. And at the University of Victoria, everyone is uh, that I have met and that I've interacted with has been really cognizant about doing territorial acknowledgements. We have them at the bottom of our emails. It's a thing that happens with every type of ceremony or talk, what have you, presentation. There is always a territorial acknowledgement. We also have an official one up on our website. And for me, I understood that it was important to do a territorial acknowledgement um, but I really discovered the depth of it when I talked with Jeffrey Anslews at the First Nations House. And he talked about why we do the territorial acknowledgement. Um, it is important to do because it places us uh, in this mess between Indigenous, non-Indigenous people and the history that divides us. Because the history is pretty graphic and pretty horrible. And so Jeff talked about the importance of doing it and you don't have to do it well sometimes. And sometimes you speak from your heart and you try to acknowledge where you are and where you are at with that. But the reason that we do it is so that we constantly place ourselves in this mess with the intent of moving forward in a different way and in a better way, in a more mutually respected way, and in a way that we haven't as of yet. I think we're working towards that, but I don't think we're there quite yet. It's been interesting to watch that emerge because I started working at UVic at a time when we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I think us now making that acknowledgement is part of this, uh, you know, as Chuinis had, we'll, you'll hear her say in the podcast, Uh, talking about unraveling the history and changing the relationship between Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples. Um, And the acknowledgement is is part of that, as is the recent work that we've seen done by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Mm -hmm. Have you uh, got anything to add to the TRC and what you know about it from your work? So the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, uh, which can be found at trc.ca, was a commission that happened as a result of an agreement between the Government of Canada and the residential school survivors. And basically what happened in the intent of the commission was to expose and bring up the history of residential school of assimilationist tactics by the government towards Indigenous people and how we can move forward in a way that is cooperative and more inclusive because there's this historical chasm that divides us. And so out of the Truth or Reconciliation Commission came calls to action. And those calls to action were direct suggestions and calls of how we could move society forward in a way that would repair and start to begin to build that trust between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. So let's have a listen to the conversation with Joannis and we'll pick it up from there. Sounds great. I'm talking with Joannis Ogilvie, who is the Indigenous Resurgence Coordinator here in the Faculty of Education. And Joannis, how did you get 
interested in what you're doing here? What was the journey that brought you to this point? Well, I've been interested in education, particularly Indigenous education, um, which has changed its name from Native education for, for a couple of decades, actually. Um, my first passion uh, was to become a teacher, um, and when I graduated from high school, I took a program called uh, what was then called the Native Indian Teacher Assistant Program through Camosun College. Um, and one of my mentors, late Philip Paul from the Sartlip Nation, the Hussainich Nation, um, uh, was instrumental in, in, in changing, like politicizing me, uh, changing my view about education and the importance of um, education. Uh, and so I took that program and had an opportunity to speak actually to the Faculty of Education. Uh, it was over almost 30 years ago now, so it's been a long time coming. And then I've um, worked in Indigenous education for the past eight years, sometimes as a sessional instructor. But when I saw the position of the Indigenous Resurgence Coordinator, um, I knew I needed to apply for the job. I knew because of actually the title that uh, the resurgence coordinator was really important to me because it was much more closely aligned to the work that I was uh, originally interested in was um, uh, being in a space where um, I'm able to be who I am as a new channel person, as a coastal person and to honor the coastal people of this territory uh, properly and ensure that I'm always taking into consideration and um, always uh, sort of resisting the university western systems and reminding people of the territory that we're on and that there were other systems, laws, ways of doing things, ways of being, practices that exist and still exist um, today. Yeah, that, that's really interesting because one of the things that that I learned um, many years ago now through one of my mentors and one of the people who taught me many things, uh, Frank Conabare, who yeah. ran the, the um, Indigenous Education Program at Esquimalt Secondary, right. his goal, as, as he described it to me as an Indigenous educator in that classroom, mm -hmm. was to create a space where the students could come in and be who they really are. Yes. And, and that resonates with what you had said about being who you are and yes. having that play out in, in your work. Yes, absolutely. So what does Indigenous resurgence work involve? What, what do you do here in the faculty? Well, my role is specific as uh, roles in universities are specific, but I would say, um, I mean, if you were to talk about that, I would tell you that uh, my work involves um, indigenizing curriculum and involves connecting with students, faculty, and staff. Um, I, I could talk about it in particular ways, but really what it boils down to is um, creating a better understanding and sharing knowledge with folks in the faculty of education. So. Um, talking about not only um, the how-tos of doing a, say, a territory acknowledgement, but really getting at 
the reasons why um, indigenization, resurgence, and all the practices within that are important in terms of the commitment the Faculty of Education has made towards the truth and reconciliation calls to action. So I find that originally in the role that it was created, we thought we'd be reaching folks on a larger uh, scale, as in larger groups of people meeting. Um, but I'm finding that the role has evolved to connecting with lots of people one-on-one -on -one to be able to talk through um, the discomfort even of understanding the history of this country, the history of colonization, things like residential school, the 60 scoop, etc. Um, uh, being able to connect with people and talk through that history has become uh, really important, yeah. That's really, really difficult work. I can imagine the challenge that you face having to educate people that have been steeped in um, generations of misunderstanding, generations of misrepresentation. Mm -hmm. And you're one person here. Yeah. You have colleagues, but, but you're the only person in this position, which I understand is the only position of its kind in, in the country. Yes. So there has to be some elements of isolation and frustration yes. that you deal with. And, and where do you draw your strength to take up this challenge? I would say that I draw my strength um, from the land and from my family and my teachings. And so when I talk about the, my family and the land, I am talking about the teachings that the, those relatives transmit to me. Um, and I, I, I also um, know that one of the teachings uh, my late grandfather, Chechen Sanapmit, had taught me um, was teaching me how to say a morning prayer in our language. And he said, basically in English, what it means is you get up in the morning and you think the right thoughts so that you can take the next right action. And so I would say that that teaching um, creates adaptability um, uh, that this role absolutely needs which sometimes mean it which means you know like in this moment what's the right thing to do because um it isn't the same for everybody and um and so i would say that even at times when i feel isolated and alone and i have um you know i'm dealing with folks who are less informed than others then uh, sometimes my family or um, somebody will say, I think it's time you, you, you do this and you look after yourself according to your teachings because it's going to wear on you. So I always have that around me. And so um, I, I think that I lean on who I am as a new channel person, my practices uh, to, uh, to get me through those that isolated feeling as well as the folks in indigenous education i know that they've experienced uh, similar things as me and so we can be um, a non-judgmental sort of sounding board and support each other in that so yeah mm -hmm. 
in another episode of this podcast, we were talking with um, Tim Black, who is has done a lot of work in uh, counseling psychology about the impact of trauma and its effect on on people's lives. Is is this a concept that you work with as well? I mean, the TRC has talked about trauma. We see it um, in the media. Is that something that, that, that you're dealing with in, in your role? Yeah, definitely, and I see it. Um, I, I agree with Tim absolutely when he talks about everybody has experienced trauma. And um, some folks, like Indigenous folks, it's like historical trauma. Um, and I like particularly the way um, Tim Black talks about it because um, we've had conversations before and he's very specific about trauma, um, the impact of the great trauma in this country, which is colonization. So um, I, it's really important that he as a white settler male talks about trauma from that place as a root cause because it takes away from the tendency to re-victimize an Indigenous people um, uh, when talking about trauma, because trauma, um, uh, a lot of people I notice are talking about trauma and having a trauma-informed environment, and I'm not entirely sure what everyone means about it, but I know when I hear Tim Black talk about it, it's much more aligned with how I would, and that we need uh, to create spaces where we know that um, people have been impacted by it. For me as an Indigenous person who works in an institution, I've also been impacted by it. So that's important that I recognize that and that the folks I may work with um, have been impacted by it. But that allows me to be more adaptable and maybe um, hear folks differently. I also think that the other thing that I appreciate about the way um, Tim and I have talked about uh, a trauma-informed approach to things is that he understands that for me as an Indigenous person, that his role is to not get in the way of me accessing my teachings, my practices, my access to land, um, because, you know, the healing comes from that. It isn't within the institutions that we're going to experience that. What he's talking about is about us being more careful and understanding that folks have been impacted by various kinds of trauma and may be responding to you in an environment or may feel alone or isolated, etc. And so we need to be ready to um, to be a net for those people rather than um, ignore what's happening or create further isolation. If you were to say, here's three or four other key points that people could take up and do that would really make a difference in supporting Indigenous resurgence, what would those additional things be? I would say that uh, right now what I like, I like to be relevant to what I kind of see happening. So part, a huge part of my job is listening and observing and noticing patterns. And one of them is that um, Indigenous, uh, non-Indigenous folks, um, newcomer folks would uh, really benefit from um, learning on their own about this, the local place that they're at to learn more about this territory, who the people are, the place names, the languages, as much as they can, 
Um, I know that coastal people, as coastal people, we're largely invite culture. So it doesn't mean to, to invite yourself to go to lots of community events, etc. I'm not advocating that, but understanding the history of this place, that it was called something else before it became Victoria, um, that we had a whole other socio-political philosophy before it became a Canadian state, etc. I think that's a huge and uh, fundamental part of transforming their own relationship to the, this country and sort of accepting, uh, accepting uh, the reality of what's happened. Um, I think that being open and listening to uh, Indigenous people and understanding that we aren't all uh, sort of what Hollywood made us all um, became one kind of Native people homogenous group, that understanding that we respond maybe perhaps as a whole group nationally to a particular political issue, but that we are really, um, they use the word diverse, um, and complex, um, over 60%, I think, of the languages um, th that are Indigenous in Canada are NBC um, and different dialects, so we are very diverse. So being open to take the time um, to understand that and not need us to fit into one uh, homogenous um, box of cereal <laughs> that's quick and easy <laughs> it's not going to be i think accepting also um that time isn't something we can change although we just saw it change recently um that it doesn't belong to us that it's going to take time for um unraveling this history and changing that relationship between indigenous people and to not uh uh to get stuck um uh, to keep moving forward. Sometimes I hear a lot of people being afraid to do the work because they're afraid of doing the wrong thing. But I think if you're open and you're listening and you're observing, then um, you can try. And if, you are, and if you're working with Native people, on something, say you're a teacher and you're wanting to indigenize a particular subject and you've done the work of building a relationship with a community and local people and knowledge keepers, etc., then they're going to guide you. You, you have to be willing to um, listen to their guidance. That's the other thing too, is you got to let go of the reins. That's a big thing too, is you have to be willing to see that it's going to be okay. And we've lived in a particular way for thousands and thousands and thousands of years that didn't deplete our resources, that didn't deplete our salmon. We lived in a way that ensured our survival. We had a forward, we, had, we didn't have a five-year plan, we had a 50 to 100-year plan. And those things are things that people need to see are actually really beautiful and important things as well. <laughs> Chuinus, thank you so much. Thank it's you. It's been really a pleasure uh, talking with you and listening to you. And we look forward to uh, meeting again. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming to see me too, Ted. Okay. okay. Okay, so Courtney, 
two takeaways from that conversation for you? I only get two. Wow. <laughs> um, I think the first one for me uh, would be how Chawinis talks about the importance of learning the history on our own uh, about the people are the, of whose territory that we're on. For me, I'm a settler. I come from a family of settlers, uh, and I was on Treaty 7 territory, and now I'm here on the Sunak territories. Um, and I understand the importance of trying to learn about that, but I also understand that it can be difficult. Um, so when Chewinis was talking about that, I was reminded of a book by uh, Monique Gray Smith, and it's called Speaking Our Truth, A Journey to Reconciliation. And it's a beautiful, non-traumatic book that informs us about the history of colonization in Canada and how we can move forward from that. And a lot of when I talk to people, what I get is that it's very heavy learning about this. And, you know, I've read a lot of the TRC. It's really quite heavy and it's sad and it's heartbreaking and it's important to do. But for those people, say, with younger kids or people who want that non-traumatic way to learn without having to necessarily go through the nitty-gritty details, it's a beautiful book. So I think that was really probably the best takeaway that I had from it is the importance of learning on my own about a, the history of where we've been as a country, and the history of the people whose land I'm on. I like the way she phrased it when she said, you have to let go of the reins, mm -hmm. which for me means you, you have to step back sometimes from what you think you know and engage in that kind of unraveling the history that we've been, uh, that we've been taught. Uh, and... In doing so, change that relationship between Indigenous and, and non-Indigenous or Indigenous and, and settler people. The other thing for me was the, you know, the reminding us that there were entire socio-political philosophies and sense of nation and community that were in place here and functioning very, very well yeah. before colonization came and, uh, and made its mark on this part of the world. Yeah, and I think that leads into to my second part of that is it's going to take time, right, to unravel all of this. And there was such a complicated history and it's uncomfortable to be in this situation and it's uncomfortable to figure out a way forward. But the idea of it taking time and of continuing to move forward and to try, even though it's an uncomfortable, scary place to be in, um, to try to do these things, I think it's really important. And Chuinus is great about being able to help us as settlers remember that it's that these feelings are okay and that we're not always going to get it right but being open to receiving criticism to be open to learning and like you said to step back from what we think we know and really take in and have our own reflection about how we continue to decolonize and i think it's important to understand that the discomfort that you feel and the discomfort that i feel and that others like us feel has only recently begun. Mm -hmm. Think of the discomfort that Indigenous people have experienced for generations. Which leads again back to Tim Black and the idea of intergenerational trauma and the work that has to happen, right? Both inside and outside of Indigenous communities so that, you know, our job is to help our own decolonizing journeys. And like uh, Chawinna said, is to not get in the way of 
the healing of indigenous communities of indigenous individuals and be supportive of whatever that takes and standing in solidarity and that's probably a good point to close on mm-hmm. well thanks for a great podcast ted well thank you we'll see you again Learning Transforms is brought to you by the Faculty of Education and the Association of Graduate Education Students at the University of Victoria. Learning Transforms is produced by Julie Remy. Sound design is by Xavier Arushio. Special thanks to Chuinis Vogelby. I'm Ted Rican. And I'm Courtney Baldwin. And thanks for listening.